In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Welcome back to the Dominion Podcast, Season 2. We're way into the episodes now. We're plumbing the depths of Season 2 here on the Dominion Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Jeremy Boyd. Yeah, one of your hosts. and uh, I'm Alex. And we got a special guest, uh, Mr. Ben. Guys, I'm way past the special season. We have a dear uh, returning alumni, alumnus host, uh, tolerated alumni at this (laughs) point. (laughs) We not only tolerate you, we mandate that people enjoy you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'll get the enjoyment any way it comes. No, thanks for uh, inviting me back here. Well, yeah, we're glad just listening to you guys. Like. You like on YouTube, you go and listen to us, or are you like sitting in, in the person, same room, just witnessing? Okay, the well, you don't have to talk. Chemistry, great. But, uh, okay, <laughs> I like listening. I to you talk. So where does that, that leave us? <laughs> it's going to be a Al, real quiet Al's day. monologue is where it leaves us. <laughs> <laughs> you got a sermon ready over there, Al, or what? <laughs> Basically. All right, good. Well, we're glad to be back, and we want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Upper40.com. Check it out. He's got uh, some new material out a couple weeks back. Mm-hmm. Check that out. As well as our unofficial official sponsor, Cortha Classical Christian School. we got a pancake breakfast coming up, don't we? Yeah, we, we sure do. That's right, April 22nd. Do you like pancakes? Well, if there's one thing Alex loves, it's pancakes. Yeah. I was asking the listeners. Just, rhetor- <laughs> just re- rhetorically, I don't a rhetorical think question uh, for the that translates on a podcast. I was, I was setting up, a, you know, an ad. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you like pancakes. And, I like pancakes, and you can't forget that we've got real maple syrup <laughs> to put on the pancakes. <laughs> so if none you like of this, pancakes, none of this uh, banana sugar nonsense. Oh yeah, the brown sugar paste. It's, it's the real stuff. Oh nice. So. You, you ever notice with the real maple syrup, you don't need much of it? But when you put that fake stuff on, you got to slather it just to get any flavor out of I it. I haven't noticed that. I just I put the same amount. Oh, really? You're going full maple. Full maple. <laughs> you never go full maple. <laughs> Once you've gone full maple. <laughs> well, so if you love pancakes and you love uh, private Christian education and the classical model, and you love supporting... Um, Kids who are learning and being uh, taught and discipled. If you love humanity. If you love humanity. Buy tickets now. They're on sale. The principal and the teachers at the school are doing such a fantastic job. So uh, we want to support them and Mm -hmm. uh, raise some money for them. So check it out, com and sign up for the pancake breakfast. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Any other housekeeping stuff out of the way? Oh, yeah, I guess we should probably point people to like all of our platforms, right? Yeah, the biggest thing is our Substack. We want to be getting our listeners to sign up for that so we can stay in touch just in case we get charged with a hate crime and we go dark on the interweb. <clears throat> so dominionpress.substack.com. Yeah. All right. Do you have a, a, a writing platform as well, Ben? No, not officially. I was actually, I was banned from my writing platform really? on, on Medium. Yeah, they Whoa. can't, they, uh. I'd been accused of being hateful, and uh, I actually don't know if my conf- my content is still accessible. I well, think see, I've read some stuff on that. Not recently. Platform. No. No. So I've got to republish it. But I, I do help out with our church's uh, uh, Substack platform. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Jacob and I were talking about your weekly uh, contribution to our newsletter coming up. 
You just oh. don't know about it yet. I haven't. Okay. <laughs> You've been I like how people are talking about it before I was talked to. Yeah. <laughs> it's going gonna, gonna to be good, Ben. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be epic. I can feel it. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. What are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about the trans movement as the pinnacle of progressive ideology is one way of putting it. And um, basically, we want to highlight the fact that the insanity that is the trans movement, its dogmas and its practices are not actually um, some anomaly. Yeah, It's not a fringe thing that just came out of nowhere. It's actually entirely consistent with the worldview that we have been promoting and even in the church affirming for the last 40, 50 years or more. And it is the fruit of a progressive ideology. And I want to make those connections plain today with the point, the the main practical point is that we need to repent of every idol. We need to repent of every lie. We need to repent of every sin that we've been tolerating and promoting and excusing and allowing for decades. We need to not just look at these um, insane people doing horrific things to children. We need to say that we need to go back to where this began. We need to look at the root of these things. And if we do, we're going to have to acknowledge that um, as a culture, we've been promoting and tolerating and affirming these kinds of lies um, for a very long time. Right. And even within the church, um, we've mm-hmm. we've been thinking in worldly ways. And so that's, that's where we're going. Yeah. This is good because I think there's a danger for a lot of people. They just see... They see it as a, a fad or yeah. as a, a flash in the pan, something that's yes. going to be a fad for a while and then it's going to go away. Yeah. No. And just like we weathered all these other fads in the past, this one's going to come and go and the craziness will subside. No, but no, it's it's actually the logical yes. conclusion. You of, reap what you sow. Yeah, exactly. And what we are doing is we are reaping what we've been sowing for generations. And I want to talk about what we've been sowing, because if you just look at you know, the fruit and you, you, you don't take down the tree, you know, then it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's not real repentance, right? It's not, it's, it's not, it's not the kind of revival that we need. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where I'd like to go. The reason we're talking about this is that, um, I mean, today mm-hmm. is trans visibility day, uh, you know, and, and more importantly, um, this past week, uh, three nine-year-old students and three staff at a Christian school were martyred for their faith by a woman identifying as trans when she went into their school and uh, shot a bunch of innocent people, committed a massacre. And the media is largely responding by trying to paint a psychopath as the victim. Yeah. And refusing to discuss those who are actually victimized, which shows you that these people don't really care about victims. No, Victimhood don't. for them is just a way of commandeering the moral it's high a, ground. Yeah, it's a tool for power. It's a tool for power. It has yeah. nothing about caring for the oppressed, nothing about justice whatsoever. It's a power play. Well, if you don't have God's uh, definition of justice, then yeah. there's, you can't get it. No, right? I mean it's just you're not gonna you're not gonna get to that end. Yeah. So, um, Ben, you have any opening thoughts on on some of this, uh, some of what we've seen in the last week? Um, 
Not so much in the last week. Uh, I think it will be, I mean, it seems pretty obvious right now, but it will be good for that manifesto that that has been talked about to be released. Mm-hmm. And I hope it is. Um, How hopeful are you that it'll be the real manifesto? Yeah, most of it will be redacted. Yeah. But I was thinking that, and well, I'm sure You're get into about this. the killers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the assault on... Uh, the reason that the that the assault on the uh, image of God in people is not just a fad and will not just go away is because um, um, and this assault on the binary, the either or, right, male or female, uh, Christ or chaos. Um, the reason that won't go away is because people hate that. People, um, it, it, it is the manifestation of the human condition. Mm-hmm. It is a manifestation of uh, man's hatred against God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the binary is a constant reminder of man's rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. So it can't, this can't stop. No. Um, the momentum underneath it is ultimately man's hatred of God. Yeah. And, uh, and they won't rest no. until that image has been defaced beyond... Uh, Recognizability. I was just listening to some Rush Dooney on the way over, talking about a different topic, talking about uh, biblical law. But he says that um, he's talking about how uh, cultures that will not um, employ God's law in their in the civil sphere are committing suicide mm-hmm. inevitably. Like mm-hmm. if, if you don't do it that way, then it's 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 a suicide. It may be slow, mm-hmm. and it may look like it's progressing at some points, but eventually it's going to fall. Yeah, yeah, when your when your bottom line is like. What can we all deal with? Like when it's not in categories of right and wrong, and when that's not defined by transcendence, an ultimate standard, then it becomes just a matter of opinion, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how bad can it get? Well, how bad can you stand? Well, pretty bad when everything is sinking at the same rate, right? One of the things that we we talk a lot about in our church is that is what Owen mentions is that sin always wants to go all the way. Mm. And um, the wages of sin is death. That even the little sins, the things that we call little sins, they want to turn into big sins. The private sins want to turn into public sins. And the problem, one of the manifestations of rejecting Christ and his word is that you start to view sin as um, impotent. So you start to say, oh, we could just let this one go. We can let that one go as a society. We can let this go. We can let that go. Like, they just have their beliefs and they'll do that. No, 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 no. Like, this is bad in and of itself, but it will also lead to horrible consequences right. because sin never wants to stay there. Yeah. So th- this is the slippery slope argument is always railed against. Oh, you're overdoing it. You are, um, you're too intense. You're overreacting. Right. No, this no matter is, how far down the slope, well, but this is slipped. it. We're <laughs> already like we're already mutilating children. Yeah, I mean, there's not ma- that much left to go. No, no, exactly. And but what I'm saying is, we're getting to the bottom of the hill. Yeah, and we're and and unbelievers still deny that there's even anything to worry about. Yeah, yeah. But we're we're not just over the cliff. Like we're almost at the bottom of where we can go. And um, so what I want to do is maybe back this up and just and just demonstrate that where we are in this moment of time in our society um, is really the way we got here was a long time ago. 
and we need to repent of all of that stuff. So the first thing is just adopting a secular worldview. We talk about this a lot. A secular meaning there is no God. There is no transcendent. There is only what is imminent. But if you reject God as an objective standard of truth and justice and morality, then you reject any right. objective standard of truth and justice. Right. And we're not, we're not just talking about unbelievers here. No. Because they've they've rejected God outright like that. Yeah. But we've rejected him in that in the public sphere. Yeah. And so we've essentially rejected him and said, Well, I yeah, I, I haven't rejected God. I believe in God. I believe yeah. in Jesus. Yeah. You know, in you know, in my heart, down right. in my heart and between my two ears. And we and, allow for a secular public space. Right. And Which we've actually isn't a thing. We've yeah. actually rejected him privately as well. Yeah. We talk about the authority of scripture and the infallibility of scripture, but it's like do you do you repent individually mm-hmm. when you are confronted with a sin in Scripture? Mm-hmm. Uh, many Christian, many professing Christians don't. Uh, we'll excuse ourselves. We'll, we'll say this doesn't apply to us. There's a reason I can't obey. Um, so, the, so the defiance of God, uh, even as professing Christians, has already started individually right. as well. Yeah, and so when you when you reject that, then you end up in a moral relativism. Well, I mean. I haven't traced this back in in preparation for today's episode, but we've been dealing with a moral relativism for like probably over a hundred years um, as a as Western culture, and this idea that the the Christian once we rejected the Christian faith, nothing filled the void as far as formal religions. Like it it, it went Christianity, secularism, right, mm-hmm. and even even longer than this, more than a hundred years. You know, you think Enlightenment, post Enlightenment. Yeah. Um, Nothing else came in as an objective standard. The closest thing might be human reason and the scientific, you know, inquiry or something like that. Which it, are always subjective. Which are always subjective. And it's not, I'm not saying people stopped making moral claims or claims to know the truth. What I'm saying is they had jettisoned a rational basis for those things. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't filled. Well, then what you end up, I mean, my whole life even at school, was filled with a moral relativism. Well, that's that's your way, that's your religion, that's your practice, that's your beliefs. These are my beliefs. And we have the then we have the privatization. And this is what Canadians have done. In in order to help us get along or give the veneer of unity, what we've said is that our beliefs are purely private. Um, whether whatever religion you practice. So that allows us to say, okay, I can sincerely hold to these things. But they don't actually, they're not allowed to impact, you know, the public space. They're not allowed to impact other people. The only reason you can get away with that illusion is if you're all swimming in a Christian pond. Yeah. Right? If you're <laughs> if you're all still pretending. If everybody believes thou shalt not murder. Yeah. Then. Then it's fine. You can kind of get by on that for a while. Yeah. Right? And you should not steal and you should not lie. Right. And if people uphold Christian virtues, yeah. even while they deny um, the reality of a Christian God, then you can kind of make yourself believe that oh, if oh we we you can have a secular um, uh, civil sphere, you can you can live in unity with other people despite the diversity of views, and we want to say um, no, and that moral relativism that even the church I think has succumbed to by again privatizing our faith by 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 refusing to say that Christ is Lord over the state, over the public space, by, you know, creating this false idea of the separation of God and state. 
um, rather than just the institutional church and mm-hmm. state. Like all of these things, the church has already surrendered the ground yeah. decades ago. So the most Christians we saw over COVID actually believe that. Like they they would actually say it's wrong for you to bring scripture to bear in public matters. Like it gives, and then yeah. you just realize that you are thinking like a total progressive secularist and not a Christian. Yeah. And and this has gone on for a long time. Um, what we've seen rise then, when the greatest commandment is no longer love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, if there's no actual God to love and there's no standard of love, then the ultimate commandment today is one to thou shalt uphold my autonomy. Like, that is it. Mm-hmm. That is the highest virtue. I mean, our prime minister today tweeted this, transgender and non-binary Canadians, you matter. Your lives matter. And we'll keep working on Trans Day of Visibility and Every Day to make sure you can live your life as your true and authentic self. You deserve nothing less than that. But do you see what the high, the claim yeah. to highest virtue there is your authentic self? And Which is just not true. I mean, you're mutilating your, your actual self. Well, <laughs> taking the, drugs and changing your hair color and cutting off parts yeah. of your body. The <laughs> highest good, the highest good is to be authentic. Yeah. But but this overlooks the fact that all people, everyone, including identifying trans people, are authentically evil. Mm-hmm. And um, Hitler was authentic. Stalin was authentic. Yeah. Murderers are authentic. What you want is not a good moral compass. Yeah. Right. That's just. Post fall, yeah. What you want is probably wrong. The desire to rule, the desire to govern, the desire to determine for yourself what is true, the desire to determine for yourself what is good. Those, mm. all of that is now. It's not an objective God, transcending God. It is the subjective whims and passions and desires of the individual, mm. which throughout history and even variety of religions have all recognized to some degree the problem in the world is us. But we're at a level of insanity where we actually say the highest virtue is your ability for suppression of self. Yes. That is the greatest sin. The greatest sin is suppression of self. The greatest virtue is the expression of self. Whereas entire law is based on the assumption that self needs to have boundaries or it destroys everything. Yeah. And we're seeing the... What self does when it's yeah. let out of its yeah. cage and has yeah. no boundaries, right? Yeah. And it's not going to end. It's going to end in ca- It's not going to end in utopia. No. It's going to end with everything burned to the ground. And the hypocrisy of this is that you can't, not everyone can actually do that because inevitably our desires um, impact someone else's desires. Yep. And then all you have is the exercise of power. So even this claim itself is, is, incoherent it's inconsistent it's not actually true this is also incidentally why not affirming somebody in their um desire to be authentic or however they'd put it is hateful to them because it's not enough to tolerate and say yeah you do what you want and i'm going to do what i want the fact that you don't agree with them means that you are not affirming their 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 True self, like, yeah, their humanity. Their humanity. You, you you have that that false dilemma that Trudeau mm-hmm. set up there. It's like um, we affirm that transgender lives matter, with the assumption that the opposing side, those who don't affirm your transness, your authenticity, actually are against. They want you. They are against you as a person. Yeah, they hate you. Right. 
which is not true. No, we it's affirm pro- it's the dignity. We, yeah, we affirm the dignity of yeah. your identity by virtue of you being made in the image of God. Right. Yeah. That is your fundamental identity, not yeah. your sexual expression. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but it's very convenient for them to set up those dilemmas. Right. That's what's going on. Right. Yeah. When when you can paint people as racists, yeah. as uh, as hateful, mm-hmm. uh, then it's easy to do whatever you want with them. And you mm-hmm. see that you saw this and a few responses after the shooting. Right. It was almost like they were. Uh, giving the green light yeah. for uh, genocide. She was driven to violence. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's like, like, what can you expect her to do yeah. when she's been the, the subject of all this oppression, yes. right? Yeah. When you, and this is what's so evil and psychopathic about it is like, they're not even saying she's justified in going after the lawmakers who put that law in place. They're saying she's justified in murdering three yeah. nine-year-olds who had nothing to do with anything. They weren't even born, you know, when she's when this stuff was going on. Like it's 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 the height of human hatred for other people. And yeah, the so we need to we need to say this idea of human autonomy needs to die. That you do not have the right to determine for yourself what is right and wrong. You don't have the right to determine for yourself what is true. You don't have the right to determine what is just. You don't have the right to total freedom of expression of all your desires. No one has that. Not only do we not have the right, we don't have the ability. And we don't have the ability. (laughs) We can't. Yeah. It's like, you don't have the right to defy gravity. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I can't defy gravity. Yeah. Even if I claim the right. Yeah. Yeah. And, And I mean, Disney has been pushing this idea of emancipation from you know, typical structures yeah. for for like literally like 40 years, oh, yeah. 50 years. And it's no wonder now that this um, victim, this narrative of victimhood and the, the identification as an oppressed person has taken over. Like this is the lens through which a whole generation yeah. of people views the world. Yeah. I'm either oppressed or I'm an oppressor, and if I'm oppressed, I can do no wrong. And if you're an oppressor, I can do no wrong against you. Yeah, and 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 counter to the biblical vision, which categorizes categorizes all of us uh, as oppressors. Yeah, there is no one who does good. There's no, no one who seeks after God. Yeah, all have turned against each other. And, yes. and Paul in Titus, the argument before we were haters of God, haters of each other. Yes, right. That is uh, the unredeemed heart is yes. dead in its sin it will pursue the course of its nature yeah including the hatred of everyone around it yeah that is that's human nature yeah Soltz and Eaton famously yeah. right the line between good and evil is not between like the prisoner and the guard you know and the commie and the peasant it's actually right down the middle of every human heart yeah but then that that's that's the the expressive of individualists um that's what it fears the most, mm-hmm. not having any uh, categories to affirm its uniqueness mm-hmm. and have power over other people. Yeah. It's like, no, you are a sinner that needs to repent. Yeah. You mean like the same as this white supremacist male over here? Yeah, you're both the same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To, to come before God as, as, a, as a guilty sinner mm-hmm. in need of the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It, it is the ultimate offense to human nature which Mm -hmm. wants to guard its pride above all things Mm -hmm. the other thing we've seen is we're reaching peak 
language wars. Mm. And one of the hallmarks of progressive ideology is their use of language to define, not to simply describe reality. So when you believe in a, in a, a transcendent source of truth, part of what that does is it means that you don't have the power and authority to def- to define anything. Mm. Language is actually a tool of describing what is there. And we believe that God has revealed himself in nature, to the human conscience, and especially through his word, his written word and his living word, the Lord Jesus Christ. And our job as creatures is to discern that, uh, to discern reality through that lens and according to what he says. But when you reject God, as and progressive ideology is predicated upon that rejection, language is something entirely different. So when you watch our House of Commons now, you're actually watching kind of conservatives are playing the wrong game with the liberals. Mm-hmm. The liberals are playing a very different game. The truth means nothing to them. So when you ask about facts, where did this money go? Where were you on this night? Like concrete things. They respond with narrative. They respond with, we are keeping people safe. We are standing up for Canadians. Canadians, It's like, I didn't ask you. I actually asked you, where is this money? Who did this? Did you hear this? Concrete things. When they're not answered, they're not just, they're not just lying. They are lying. But what they're doing is they're using language in a fundamentally different way. They believe that language creates reality. Mm -hmm. So whatever they speak is true. If I say that I'm, I, I'm a responsible leader who postures myself with the vulnerable and does all that is good for all people. That's what I am. It doesn't matter that the facts don't line up with that. Facts are irrelevant. Reality is defined by us, is created by us. So I say, I am a, I am a righteous, good, noble, honorable person who only does good things. What about this bad thing? I am a good, righteous, honorable person who only does good things. You are a bad person who only does... That's all you get over and over yeah. and over. And so it's many Canadians have recognized that, like, what the heck is going on? This is the House of Commons. This is where the common people come to have justice and come to air their grievances and come to hold leaders to account. It's like, well, what's going on is we've rejected God. And when you reject God, language and truth becomes meaningless. And we're seeing that. It's like the Tower of Babel. Yeah. There's this confusion of languages. And I often think of that story when I hear the the rhetoric that they're spouting. It's like it just not none of these words mean anything. They don't mean anything. It's just a word salad intended to obfuscate and yeah, like you said, create reality. And it's and it's in direct defiance to our mandate, the mandate of dominion. Mm-hmm. Um what do stewards do, which is what every human being has been entrusted with, the stewardship to take dominion of the earth. They they order, they direct, they create according to the rules of their master. Mm -hmm. They don't go off on their own and create ex nihilo. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is is kind of um, Tolkien's argument and his essay on fairy stories. He was uh, saying that, yes, we do create, but we create, we're sub-creators, right? Mm -hmm. We create with what is already there. When we, you see... Uh, so not only are we now as a nation neglecting taking dominion, you see what you see what's happening, right? The weeds are encroaching into uh, society, human society, right? The things that we should be doing um, that God has defined the civil magistrates that, to do, 
which is to bear the sword against crime, mm-hmm. when that is being neglected, when the dominion mandate and the stewardship is being neglected, all of the evil and the weeds and the outside, it, it, it comes in. And uh, it's a terrible place to live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like it's a terrible thing to walk through a garden that hasn't been maintained and kept up. It's, it's a scary, frightening, terrifying place. Mm-hmm. That's when you get when people aren't taking dominion and when Christians haven't taken dominion, when they've abdicated the public square, right? It's like, well, now we're in this house of horrors right now, mm-hmm. right? So the, the kind of the summary of all this is like, look, the crazy, inhumane, dangerous trans movement, which is a threat to humanity, it's a threat to the truth, it's a threat to children, it's a threat to anything good. This this way of thinking is a threat to all of those things. Is the outworking of a progressive ideology. It's perfectly consistent. And so if we're actually going to move away from this, we need to repent. But what we need to repent of is actually everything we've sown. We don't need to just repent of the fact that we let children mutilate themselves and that and that um, we need to repent about lying. We need to repent of rejecting God. We need to repent of establishing a moral standard arbitrarily based on our own authority. We need to repent of moral relativism. You know, we need to repent of egalitarianism. We need to repent of um, men not leading in their homes. We need to repent of being cowards and bowing, you know, to women who make us feel ashamed. You know, we need to repent of all of our sins so that the tool of public shaming has no power against us. This whole thing is a giant lie. And the only reason it is it keeps going is because people are ashamed. Mm-hmm. Because the unbelievers and the self-righteous um, have weaponized accusations against other people. And the only people who accusations work against are guilty people. But if we're Christians, we can, one, acknowledge our guilt. Um, there's nothing you're going to catch us in that God hasn't caught us in. And we can walk in the freedom of forgiveness. And we should not be controlled by shaming. And so, yeah, I just think, I just, I've just been thinking this week, we need to go way further back than the last five years. We need to go back like a hundred years. We need to unapologetically establish the scriptures as the only standard, the only rule, you know, that's what it means, canon, um, of life for everyone everywhere. Yeah. That's what it's going to take. It's like uh, Doug's recent blog was really helpful, and he was kind of saying the same thing. It's like, we don't need kind of... Um, we don't it's need reformation. To it down. Yeah. It's reformation. It's total, um, it's total repentance from the top down, uh, institutional level, like everything. It all needs to go. And I mean... We have a Western tradition that can be recovered. Mm-hmm. But as far as the, again, like you're saying, the last hundred years, it's like, mm-hmm. and this is kind of like we're clinging to this sacred cow. Yeah. Where it's like we don't want to, and, and especially the cultural Marxists, they mm-hmm. don't want to give up the ground they've gained. Mm-hmm. Again, this is, uh, Scott Masson was arguing, well, this is a hundred year project. This yes. goes back to the 30s. It didn't start in the 60s, yeah, right? right. Yeah. They're not going to, give up that ground easily, which is why we pray, God, rend the heavens and come down. Mm -hmm. We need to give ourselves what? Two straight biblical preaching and calls to repentance. Mm -hmm. But God needs to do a work in our day. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can't. You we need to repent of the gay mirage. Like you, you can't allow for that. You can't say that you yeah. can just define marriage. Yeah, by arbitrary standard, love is love. What the heck does that mean? It means yeah, nothing. It means there is no standard of love. Yeah. Well, that's why kids can mutilate themselves. Yeah, because it's it just totally arbitrary. And it's not. Yeah, it's not like we need to go back to the Harper days. No, or the Harris days. No, or it's it's like or the fifties. Yeah, no. or the fifties. It it's it's like we need to go back to Christ. Yeah, that's what you need to do. Yeah, and that and that is yeah that God needs to do that. But uh, that's what we need to insist on. That's a good. That's a good point. And we can't. We can't, as Christian citizens, settle for the next. You know, conservative guy who comes out with yeah. quasi conservative values, yeah. and it's like, no. Do you bend the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe that He is a standard over your life? That He alone determines what is right and wrong and lovely and true? Or, or are you the one who does that? And unless unless that's it, you're just part of the problem. You just you just are maybe slower, you know. You're a little bit further behind, but you are fundamentally still prob- the problem. Mm-hmm. You're the reason children mutilate themselves and call it good, and call it freedom, and call it justice, and call it compassion. You're the reason, and there's no getting back. Like one of the things I thought about is God actually isn't going to deliver us. This is going to get way worse. We live at a time when our prime minister just tweeted it today, that deluded people, people can say that they are fish and that we will affirm them and we will accept them because they're real. Like truth has no more meaning. Words have no meaning. Reality is completely arbitrary at this point. This is what the highest rulers in our land are saying. So this is not going to get better. Why would God allow things to get better without repentance? Because God mm-hmm. is not mocked. Yeah. If God lets Pierre Pauly have come up in here and Canada changes for the better, God would be mocked. It would be like, you don't need to bend the knee to me in order to prosper. That you can go and do what is wise in your own eyes and you can prosper. But we know that this is our Father's world, and you cannot do that. And the only reason it's taken this long is because we have lived off the capital of the gospel. The gospel is so potent that it leaves its shadow, even in its shadow, it is better to live than amongst in a pagan world. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. in the shadow of centuries after, true faith is a better place to be. And that's not because the shadows are where we want to be or that we're saying it's a Christian nation apart from faith. We're not. We're just saying the gospel is so potent and it's so in line with with the fabric of reality that there are blessings that flow from that. But we're we're like, we're actually at the end of that. Mm -hmm. Like my whole life, there's been some connection to that, but we're at the end. Like people 20 and below at this point, 25, no idea. And they haven't been taught history. They don't know anything about. No. And it's just going to, it's going to get really, really bad. And the only answer is repentance and like not repentance for transgenderism alone. Repentance for relativism, for secularism, for love is love, for all of that. All of that. For for compartmentalizing the faith. Like the only solution is that everyone bends their knee to Jesus. That's the solution. Mm. 
So not to sound like a Christian nationalist up in here, but heaven forbid, <laughs> heaven forbid, we wouldn't want that now. Whatever that term even means. Yeah, whatever that means. Um, but this is a good time of year to remember that um, in the midst of such sprawling darkness, you know, the, the night is darkest before the dawn. Mm-hmm. And, and this is kind of what Wilson was saying as well. It's like, we are poised for a, a reformation greater than the reformation yeah, of I the agree. 1500s. Yeah. And it's like, the lower you get, the yeah. more spectacular the, the, the dawn, right? yes. the darker it is, the, the more you love the sun. And, and at Easter, right, what could be more despairing than the Son of God? They, they, we killed the Son of God yeah. and, uh, and, and buried him. And you, you, you see the disciples, right? It's, I can't imagine. It's, they went back to their fishing boats. Yeah. They're like, it was all just a lie. It was all a sham. And then right at the end of their their rope, it's like the you know Mary returns. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's risen, and uh, it's easy it's easy to be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I found uh, you know this week I I took a bit of hiatus from reading the news, but after the shooting, it was like I was back into it, reading the updates, reading people's response into it, responses to it, and it. it it, it can crush your soul oh, yeah. if you don't see it in light of God's determination to, um, he will, the, the son will receive the reward of his suffering mm-hmm. and, and, and the, and the church will, will march on mm-hmm. as it always has, even if it's in the forgotten halls of an Irish monk, mm-hmm. Right. For for years, the scriptures were maintained in these forgotten coastal abbeys, right? Mm-hmm. Before the Vikings came, but it, that's where it's going to take place: mm-hmm. little schools, little churches. Um, not not. I'm not talking about retreatism, but I am talking about intentionally giving themselves to building, even in the dark times. And Wilson again arguing that families, this, it's like families, uh, heaping on the pyre. Uh, making sure that when the fire falls, we're ready to receive mm-hmm. and uh, and and keep building. Yeah, right. And and the Lord, like He brought His people um, into exile. Yeah, because of their idolatry, and that's where we are. That mm-hmm. we are we are serving false gods, and we are tasting the bitter fruit of that. And enough, And there's the and what God does. For his people is to show them um, the bitter nature of idolatry, that our false worship needs to be repented of. And so I think it always begins with the church, that the church needs to repent of its idols and needs to repent of its worldliness and needs to repent of its cowardice. It needs to have the word of God thunder unapologetically with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and not some fake private pietism that has pervaded the pulpits of this land. Um, and what God does when he brings us low for our idols, as he does, he He does that so we can, in his mercy, so that we can actually taste the end of these things before the end. Yeah. And our, I, I pray that our country soon realizes the hellhole 
um, that this will bring everyone into and and realizes that conservatism is not the answer and realizes that Elon Musk is not the answer and realizes that um, you know, a libertarianism is not the answer. It's, and until you keep thinking that, then God is going to keep letting us reap what we have sown. Mm-hmm. And and until we stop putting our trust in horses and chariots and princes, and I still see that people do that. Mm-hmm. And God's just going to say, keep doing that. Keep doing that. Keep worshiping your false gods, and it'll grind us into the dust. Yeah, but no other foundation can anyone build except no. that is Jesus Christ. It's like when a house is so rotten, it's no good like scraping it down no. to the studs. No. So you can put some more drywall up. It's yeah. like the whole th- the wrecking ball right down to the concrete foundation yeah. the underneath, whole house is which is Jesus Christ. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And we're still here talking about the wallpaper. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, no, dude, you need a bulldozer in here now. That's yeah. that's the place to begin. Then we can start building. But any other solution at this point is futility. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I would love us. Maybe this isn't this is a further conversation. I think it is. But how do how do Christians live in a rotten house? Mm-hmm. Like even in terms of basic things. And it's great you had Jonathan Wellam on here mm-hmm. talking about economics. But it's like that's everywhere. There's so many as institutions fail and are totally corrupt, it's like, how do Christians navigate? And I suppose this is kind of what dominion is supposed to be. It's like, mm-hmm. how do Christians continue to take dominion in, in the kind of society that we are living in now? I mean, you have to start at home, right? Yeah. Yeah. It starts at home yeah. with, with uh, wife and kids and, and how you've set that up and are, is your is your household under the lordship of Christ? Mm-hmm. Because maybe everything else is rotten out there, but at least maybe your house is. Is it in order? Is it yeah. in order? Yeah. And and the the church. I mean, yeah. we are a city on a hill, and God intended that we would be a light in a dark world, and so He's not surprised by the bark, the darkness. Rather, I think we need to we need to purify ourselves. You know, we need to. The judgment of God begins at the household of God, right? And so, again, repent of all of these things and give ourselves to loving our family and loving our churches and working hard and starting our own businesses. I think the church is just going to have to get used to the fact that it has to rely on God and each other yeah. and not not a bunch of pagans. Yeah. And I think it, it, it could look like a retreat when it's not. Um, I think you need to give yourself to building your own schools. Yeah. I think we need We've to... We've kind of outsourced everything. the dominion mandate yeah. to the pagans. Yeah, and then we find... <laughs> I think our generation is going to go through a transition where yeah. either there's massive revival and these things are restored quickly, or literally we're the ones who are like building these things while everything else is yeah. falling apart. Yeah. It's like the monastery. Yeah. It's like the world is, is going to hell and it's a dark place, but they were plotting away... Yeah. And, and then you go and you're like, this is a really nice place. <laughs> it's yeah. like, this is beautiful. And yeah. like, where did those books come from? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, we've been plodding away at this mm. while y'all have been killing each other for centuries. And I think we just might be at the beginning of a, of a, of a, you know, a monastic period. Not again with the retreatist elements, yeah. but it's almost like a forced, a forced, um, I only want to say isolation. Like the purpose is not to go this to back up. It's yeah. actually to build, to yeah. focus our energy, to, to direct ourselves to something positive and stop wasting time on things that aren't. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where to go from there. Well, no, I mean, it just seems like, like a, a thought that's worth like thinking about. Like that is, it's a, yeah, I don't know. It, it feels like we we come we keep coming to the edge of that as Christians, and then we pull away. It's like you stare over the press. It's like I can't make that jump, right? Because we've been used to just propping up everything on yeah. pagan scaffolding yeah. or like, or giving ourselves to things. With the short-term goals, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what so, if what if at this point it's like, no, we actually have to tomorrow commit to beginning things that won't be, find their completion for two hundred years. Yeah. And yes, the Lord could change things before that yeah. and disrupt our process, but that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's like if we give ourselves to this, looking around us, and God returns or brings mass revival, it's like that's great. Yeah, it's the labor of faith. Yeah, but it's that stepping off. Where it's like I've either God's going to carry this or I'm going to fall, and it's a great moment because it means you can see the power of God in your mm. weak in your utter weakness. Yeah, um, but it's a terrifying step because you relinquish all autonomy yeah. in that moment. I'm thinking of uh, the story of Noah and you know the 200 years to build the ark. I mean, yeah, <laughs> talk about a labor of faith. And, yeah, yeah. I mean. What's rain? What do you mean? This is all going to be water? Okay, well, I'll start yeah. building you, like you said. Yeah, you're the, wasting your time, Noah. What are you doing? Like, yeah. You could be well, enjoying and, your life over here. And what if God had granted them repentance or revival before that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you still got to do it because God commanded you. Yeah, to, it's so. not a waste of time. Yeah. I think what we're, I think this is why we started this podcast. This is why we started Dominion Press. This is why we started Quartha Classical Christian Schools. This is why we're giving ourselves to Hill City Baptist and Westmount Bible Chapel is that we we are laboring for things. And I think more Christians need to realize that that's the task that they have to give themselves to. That you you can't you can't keep relying yeah. on all of these on other the things yeah. and just hoping to carve out for yourself some private little bubble in your he- your home or something. It's like no, Christians need to come together and we need to we need to build you know, platforms that we can disperse the truth. We need to, it's it's like the fact that we rely on social media, you know, it's like, why are no Christians developing ways of dispersing the truth in media and written form and stuff? Um, you know, Christians need to do that. Like that's, that was a big part of the Reformation, right? Was the printing press yeah. and, and, and many translators and people giving themselves, well, the translators pre-Reformation, yeah. You know, translating the Bible at expense to their life when there's no, they didn't look, they didn't foresee what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But they're like, you they're know, by God's principle, they're working on principle. And they say, you know, by God's grace, like every plowboy in England will know more scriptures than these priests, you know? Yeah. It's like, how can you say that to an illiterate child? Well, you can say that by faith. And then what you do is you give your life for the next, you know, however many years, 18 hours a day working by candlelight. Like, that's a life of faith. So what are we building? What are we giving ourselves to? And for Christians who aren't building, what are they supporting? You know what I mean? And to to get in to get in the fight. And uh yeah, we just that's what we need to keep doing. Was was that it for your points? Yeah, that's your, your it. Your manifesto. That's it. We need we, to repent of progressivism. Yeah. 
I'm down with that. Yeah, and it's it's gotten into so many things too. Yeah, so we just have to be uh, open to God's leading in this too, as we're reading our scriptures mm-hmm. every time. Like you said, are you repenting when you when you confront something in the scripture that's you know showing you to be a sinner? Mm-hmm. So. Excellent. Well, it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks. Ben. It's always Taking a time pleasure. Out of your busy schedule of teaching and studying and writing and being a dad and stuff. You need to, um, you need to get out. It's funny. You can get into just the nuts and bolts and of things. We all can. Right. But, uh, he who isolates himself is not wise. Mm-hmm. And, and I, there is a languishing like effect when you're just doing your own thing, when you're with your own, like your own family, those are, those are great times, but it's like, you need to be out in people's lives mm-hmm. too. And you need to be having conversations that's where things change. Mm, yeah. Things don't change when you just, it's easy to stay in your echo chamber, mm-hmm. but you don't mature. You aren't pushed, right? That's why I'm so thankful for like, well, all you guys. But it's just like, I never feel like I'm uh, just allowed to just maintain and mm-hmm. just stay, mm-hmm. right? We need to be around those people who are always pushing us. They're not comfortable mm-hmm. and it's easier not to be around them, but... Mm-hmm. Praise God for them. I know. I'm pretty hard to bear. I apologize. Well, it's just my cross in this life. (laughs) So stay tuned for Ben's weekly column, the Dominion Dispatch. That's right. Yeah. Is is there a title picked out for me yet? Yeah, we have a a couple working titles. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. I look forward to that. Oh, yeah. The the shibboleth papers with Ben. I just like saying the word shibboleth. The shibboleth I noticed screed. that. It's a great word, though. I used it the other night. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, anytime I can get shibboleth in there. Well, if you guys got nothing else to say, I'm going to hit the button. You know hit you it. know the button that makes the music play? Yep. And I'll leave you with this. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. <laughs> <laughs>